The Adam Crowley Show. Well, can I just speak for myself here, please? No! I will not speak to you, Stat Pat. I've had it up to here with you. Well, you can hear me, okay? Just listen no! to me. Just for a second. No! Enough! Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Last night's Stanley Cup final game, too, was a great game. Highly entertaining. Too many penalties called. Too many penalties committed. And the NHL did what they always do. They don't call enough in game one, and then they call way too freaking much in game two. But beyond that, it was a great game. Back and forth. The outcome was not determined until the end. In fact, Braden Holpe, come on. Yeah, let that puck in. Now, it was a fortuitous bounce for Las Vegas, but come on, Brayden, you got to let that one in. I wanted overtime. I needed overtime. There's nothing better than Stanley Cup Final overtime. And in fact, I hope it goes seven. I hope it goes to OT, and I hope the Golden Knights win this bitch. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm praying for. But there was something in the game that became a talking point other than the game itself. It was an extracurricular moment. When we saw Tom Wilson get cross-checked in the face by Ryan Reeves. One of the things I haven't heard mentioned, though, is that if Reeves does not cross-check Tom Wilson in the face, Tom Wilson was going to cross-check him. Tom Wilson skating towards Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves, a bigger man, and, well, it just didn't work out for him. But I've moaned and griped to high heaven about Tom Wilson being a jerk because he tries to hurt people, and the league does never, ever do enough to stop him. So last night, Ryan Reeves said, I'm going to do it. I'll stop you. I'll chop you in the face with my stick. I don't want to see crap like that, but he deserved it. Capitals players were tripping all over themselves trying to talk about how bad Vegas hits were and rip Ryan Reeves, but it's hard for them to do that when they've defended Tom Wilson as vigorously as they have. Meanwhile, in ball, the Pirates bitched about Rizzo's slide. So did the fans. So did the media. And they were so happy after last night's Musgrove slide. So if the leagues don't step in and make the initial rules violator pay, are you okay with vigilante justice? Alan Saunders, for instance, is against it. Others on Twitter.com are saying that people who want to see pound for pound, eye for eye, blood for blood, are hypocrites. Perhaps it is hypocritical, but you can't just sit back and take it. I never thought of myself as the vigilante justice guy, but Musgrove did good by his teammates. So did Reeves. They did. And I think karma dictates whether or not that is okay. Joe Madden's a douche, so his team deserves to get punished for it. Tom Wilson is a douche, so he absolutely deserves what he gets whenever he gets it. Are you, the fans in Pittsburgh, the snowflakes, the listeners of the show, okay with vigilante justice? I think you are. But I want to know, 412-922-2874. If the league's not going to step in and do something, you can't just get bullied. You can't. I'm of the mindset that if the principal's not going to stop your kid from getting bullied, your kid should punch that kid in the face. If my kid ever comes home, and I don't have one yet, maybe it'll change when I do, but if my kid ever comes home bleeding, and hasn't done anything about it, I'm going to say, you got to go do something about it. Either tell the higher-ups, and maybe that's the smarter way to go, or you punch him back. Get suspended for 10 days. Don't kill the guy. Don't break him in half. Don't bust his jaw, but punch him back. 
I had a cousin, biggest guy you'll ever see, about 6'5", 280, rock filled with muscle now. When he was in high school, he got bullied mercilessly. I never understood it because the guy was a monster. And one day he broke the bully's nose. If you're a bully, you have to at some point realize that you're going to get bullied back. If you're Joe Madden and you're going to let your guys take runs at Jung Ho Gung and take runs at a guy like Elias Diaz, you got to know that at some point it's coming back for you. And if the league's not going to do anything, you got to bully back. It's just the way it is. It's the way that I was raised. My dad always said, if you're getting bullied, tell someone, see if it stops. And if it doesn't stop, go get them. I had a friend who was getting bullied. And one day it was like one of those old Western showdowns where each guy walks down the old lane, a tumbleweed goes by, it's a ghost town, except this was at the flagpole at 5 o'clock. And my friend's just getting the snot beat out of him. So what do I do? I pulled him off and I punched him in the dome. That's what you do. Someone's getting bullied, you bully back. And this is my advice to children these days. Vigilante justice can work. The moral of the story is you just can't be submissive in those circumstances. You can't take it. What happens next time? Do the Cubs blow out a knee of your second baseman? Hit them. Make it hurt. Make them not want to do it again. And I'm not a big believer in it being a huge deterrent. But you've at least got to try. You've at least got to say, let's give it a shot. Now, I'm not of the opinion that you should be playing a guy like Ryan Reeves if that's his sole responsibility. But if he can bring that to the table, it helps. Jamie Alexiak's a good hockey player, and he can bring that to the table. That helps. I'm not huge in fighting in hockey. I don't think that's where you get it. I think you hit a guy back who hit you hard. Maybe it stops, maybe it doesn't, but at least you don't look like a wuss with a pee. Let's go to Dave in Wexford next up on the Crowley Show. Hello, Dave. Good afternoon. How are you today? Good evening. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, I'm good, though. How you doing? All the way. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for, you know, Tom Wilson. If, if he's going to smack people, he's going to get smacked. And, and I, I couldn't agree more. He's a jerk. And the league doesn't do enough. And if the league's not going to do enough, you can't let him run around. And maybe it does nothing. But at least maybe next time he's thinking about it a little bit. And he's a chicken bleep as it is. He wouldn't fight Jamie Alexiak. Right. Right. I, I thought for sure, I thought he deserved the game the other night. I was yelling at the TV. It's not even a. It's not a, when he smoked Marchessault. So. Exactly. It's not a headshot, so they're not going to suspend him, which is ridiculous. The guy left his position. He skates forty strides and finishes the check when the puck's been gone for three or four seconds. It was terrible, and he got his last night. And unfortunately, they won the game. Appreciate the call, Dave. Absolutely. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number. The Yays have it. Vigilante justice. That's all it took. One call. I'm in. You're all for it, Pittsburgh. One guy in Wexford. Yeah. I'm convinced. I'm convinced, too. Punch a bully in the mouth and see if they still bully you. And if they do, well, then they're tough. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Maybe they'll hit you harder <laughs> next time, but you got to at least try. At least you'll feel better about yeah. yourself for trying. Did the Rebel Alliance just lay down and take it? No, they oh. blew up the damn Death Star. Yeah. How about that? When the going gets tough... The tough get going.
Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? I don't think so. I do, however, think it's over for baseball. The attendance drop is bad. It is the worst attendance to this point in 15 years. And there's a lot of misguided conversation out there. Conversation that's aimed at the wrong thing. Conversation that's aimed at fixing baseball. How do we preserve this game that we've watched for 135 freaking years? How do we save it? What can we do? How can we keep it in the lexicon? How can we keep it at the forefront of our minds? Well, you can't. Because this is a different generation now. In the generation after mine, the millennials, the generation Z or whatever the bleep they want to call it, my God, those people are sucked up. They are weird, man. They're even worse than the millennials. If you think that the millennials like things fast-paced, wait till you see these guys. My brother-in-law is 20 years old. If he gets bored for half a second, he's on his phone. We were watching a documentary on Netflix about the pizza bomber. Badass, by the way. Evil Genius, check it out. Oh, my God, it's unreal. So good. It's so good. And there were slow parts in it. If you're younger and you're used to everything being fast-paced, murder-driven, Funny joke here, boob here, and it wasn't like that. So he's on his phone for minutes at a time. And then whenever it gets to the part where you find out some of the key information, he's like, hey, what happened? I missed it. Like, of course you did. You're on your phone. That's what baseball's dealing with. Football might eventually have this problem because there is downtime between the exciting portions. There is downtime between plays, and Red Zone is trying to fix that. Red Zone's trying to battle and combat against that, but that's also cannibalizing the NFL's ratings. Football might have that problem eventually. Basketball, I don't see it because basketball is always free moving. Hockey, I don't see it, although they've got their own problems. It's always free moving. But baseball, if you're talking about 15 seconds between pitches, them Generation Zers, they're on their phone. Or worse, they're not turning it on because they know that they'll be on their phone the entire time. And it's not even just Generation Z or T or whatever the bleep they're calling it. It's me. I loved baseball growing up, and I still do. But I have less interest in baseball now than I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, go Windians, but I have less interest in baseball now than I have in my entire life. Why? Because I spend three hours... Watching 16 minutes of action, maybe. So baseball's saying, and Rob Manfred's saying, we have to fix this. Intentional walks. We're not throwing the baseballs anymore. Boom, that'll save, what, a minute a game? Maybe? Yeah, whoa, we got him. Instead of the games being 3 minutes and 45 minutes there, 3 minutes and 44 seconds, we got him there. How about mound visits? Okay, it helps a little bit. But the thing about baseball that you can't change is the fact that it's inherently slow. They're trying to regulate headshots out of football. It's really hard to regulate football out of football. Guys are forever going to get hurt because tackling is always going to be a part of the game. Guys are going to do it wrong. Heads are going to hit heads. It's difficult to do. You can't regulate the slow out of baseball. You can't regulate the baseball out of baseball. So we can all sit here and talk about the ways to fix it. We can all say, oh, we're going to do this to shorten the game. We're going to do this to move it along. It's not going to help. It's not. 
and the strikeout and walk rates going up makes it even worse because balls aren't being put in play. Guys are getting on base. Games are longer. Baseball's in some trouble. And I don't think they can fix it. So our conversation's not going to be about fixing it. The conversation should be, how long is it going to last? 412-922-2874. Speaking of football, Mark Caboli, who has dozens of burner accounts on Twitter.com, will join us coming up next to talk about Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown not being at OTAs. Where are they? Where are they? Why are they there? And injuries, because they're happening. It's the Crowley Show. If you're a bully, you have to, at some point, realize that you're going to get bullied back. O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle, I got a feeling your whole family's going down. But for now, I got to study. Spent a lot of time today talking about how baseball can't be fixed. People still like football, so we'll transition to that. Mark Caboli joins us from The Athletic. It's been a while since we've had the big kaboom on, and one of the reasons we're going to have him on is to talk about burner accounts, because he's got a bunch of them on Twitter, huh? Yeah, you know what? I, I was checking that out today, because I'm like, I wonder if I do have any that I'm unaware of. And apparently I have two other ones with my name on it, and I have like two tweets. And one of them, I mean, I don't know, like, well, it's your show. You can say anything on your show. One of them is my old Trib account that I got rid of, but somebody must have taken it over and retweeted about being good in the sack or something. So is that considered a burner account? Is somebody retweeting a men's health of my Trib account from three years ago? Mark, I, I like you here, man, but these lies ain't going to fly. You retweeted that yourself. <laughs> I, I looked at that today. I'm like, what in the world is this? That's the only tweet there was, too. I don't think you understand what a burner is. I have no clue. I I was trying to ask some uh, younger uh, gentlemen at the Steelers facility today, and they were trying to explain to me, like, burner phones and burner accounts. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Speak English. It's just an an extra Twitter account that you create that you don't put your name on so that you can go off and do all kinds of erroneous different things. And I get a lot of people doing that to me. It's like you get, like, these... Uh, the guy doesn't the guy doesn't follow you, but he has like two tweets, and both the tweets are at you. It's like, well, I know this person's made up. There's a guy, or is that, or is that you? It was me. I'm coming after you, Kaboom. That's what I do. What the hell's going on in the background? Uh, my kid wants to watch Peppa Pig, so he come gave me the phone and kept saying Peppa Peppa. So I'm going to put that on, and everything should be fine now. Now that Peppa Pig's on, Mark Gaboli joining us here from The Athletic. Before we get into the football, football football-y stuff, the uniforms, good move, yes? Oh, they look very similar to me, huh? Like, exactly. I I looked at those, I mean, uh, and and there wasn't really much resemblance of Mike Webster and Terry Bradshaw there. I heard that the nameplates on there weren't correct, or at least the one on Juju's wasn't as you know, accurate as it needed to be, so it may look a little different. I don't think there's that much of a change. What I think they should do is this. Now, I talked to some of the equipment guys. You really want to shake things up. The only way to route the go now is different pants color. Could you imagine, like, a black shirt and white pants or something like that? But I don't think Dick Sporting Goods will sell too many white 
striped Steelers logo pants that people would wear at the stadium. So I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, that's not going to be the way that they go. Although, people will buy anything if they bought those damn Bumblebee jerseys. If you buy the Bumblebees, you will buy these for sure. Uh, yeah, you know, half the people love those and half the people hated them. I hated them because in the press box because uh, you couldn't see them. You can't see junk. You couldn't, you couldn't see num- You couldn't see the numbers. No, not at all. Because it looks like there's a piece of tape on the back, like the Flyers jerseys. The Flyers are all orange, but they put the white on the back. Now I'm going to go off on a tangent about the damn Flyers. Anyway, Mark Caballi, the athletic, joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, rumor has it Tyler Matikavich has been playing a lot in the ones. Uh, should we read into that too much? Because it scares me to high heaven as a Steelers fan. No, he hasn't. It's his world two weeks in, full two weeks, and he hasn't budged from that position whatsoever. That's a little unusual because, you know, normally they, they would give, you know, basically the guy with the most experience, or in this case, the guy that's been around the most time, the first look at the ones. But that switched back and forth week to week. And so I was assuming the Bostic was going to get that shot week two, but he's yet to get that spot. Um, Vince Williams was not there today, so I'm curious to see what was going to happen there. And they strictly kept with a basic Mac Buck split right there, which means LJ Fort replaces Vince Williams. So it's still, I think it, it means that Matikavich in Boston, Bostic is strictly going to be battling for that one starting position. Some people might thought Vince Williams was a guy that could lose his job. I don't think that's the case at all. But right now, uh, I mean, uh, it's it's Matikavich, and to be honest with you, he looked extremely good last year in OTA's training camp preseason and stopping the run. And if you're only looking for a guy to play a down or two and stop the run and do your hybrid stuff or your 4-3 stack or whatever kind of stuff they're coming up with now, you know, why not? But, well, and that's a really good point. That's exactly where I was going with that. I was going to ask how the run defense gets better, but if he's a good run stopper and then you can go to – Whoever it is, Marcus Allen or Terrell Edmonds in or Morgan Burnett, whoever it is uh, in the diamond situations, then I think that's that might not be all that bad. No, it's, it's not very difficult. I know the Steelers have really pushed that narrative this this off season, wanting to stop the run. We have to stop the run. We have to be better at stopping the run. And I don't think it's that difficult. You have Stefan Tuitt that doesn't have a severed bicep. And you have somebody not named Sean Spence as an inside linebacker, and all of a sudden you're a little bit better at stopping the run. So I don't think that's that much of a you know crazy thing to think that that will be what will fix it. Just Would you put on Peppa Pig for damn sake? He's following me around. You must have saw this episode already. <laughs> Mark Bully from the Athletic <laughs> joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, the Gerald Hawkins injury, uh, he was going to be the swing tackle, yes? So this is kind of a bigger deal than people are making it out to be. You just wanted to say swing tackle, didn't you? Yes, I did. It's been a long time, my friend. Steelers season seems like forever ago. You would think that that, that, was, <laughs> that was the position that they were had, had in mind for him when they drafted him a couple years ago, to be that Chris Hubbard type of guy, and they would probably drafted uh, Chooks. Okora Four is that his name? I don't know. Still can't say to it. be <laughs> to be the eventual replacement of Marcus Gilbert, but now that's all of a sudden escalated or accelerated. My fault. Accelerated to possible Chukes being that swing guy. And that's not a position that's you know a throwaway. I mean, show with Hubbard. Hubbard made thirty-seven million bucks doing that, or at least partly for the reason why it'd be a 
swing tackle, then all of a sudden he got his chance. Well, everybody I talked to yesterday glowing about the guy, saying he's like the smoothest rookie they've ever seen. Uh, it's hard to make any determination, in my experience, with offensive linemen until you get to training camp and somebody smacks you in the face. They can look great and smooth and have the technique down, and all of a sudden they couldn't block, you know, they couldn't block me. So it's hard to tell right now what those what a guy like Chooks is going to be like because I want to see him hit somebody first. Mark, Ben Roethlisberger's not there because he had a family vacation. Now, OJ's just they just must have popped up out of nowhere. How could you possibly have any idea that those were going to be there? Uh, and then Antonio Brown not there as well. Right after you, I think, sent out a tweet that AB would never miss something like this, and I had said the similar thing on my show. It's ridiculous. Uh, this guy, he never misses practice. He never misses anything, and then he rips Le'Veon Bell, and all of a sudden now he's gone. Well, there's a reason behind that. And the reason behind that is, is, is his quarterback's not there to throw him the ball. Now, I don't know if that's because that's a, something to say about Ben Roethlisberger. Hey, if he's not there, why do I have to be there? Or is that Antonio saying, you know, I really want, don't want Josh, Josh Dobbs throwing me the ball. What good in the world is that? I want to tear my knee up trying to go get a pass when it's 10 feet over my head. Maybe it's something like that, but because it's not like the guy, first of all, the history on Antonio Brown. He misses nothing. He doesn't miss practice. He doesn't miss OTAs. He doesn't miss training camp. He doesn't believe in that, you know, rookie veteran day off or whatnot. And he's up the road 15 miles of Pine Richland working out, and he decides not to come to OTAs every day when he's, you know, up in Wexford working out in his basement going to Pine Richland and running on the track. It's more than just, you know, I don't want to be there. I'm a fear of being injured or anything like that. I think it's partly because the quarterback's not there, and it's mostly that you don't want to deal with, you know, Josh Dobbs and Mason. I keep calling him Mason Crosby. Mason Rudolph throwing him the ball. I keep uh, that. Yeah, I keep calling him Blitzen, Mason Blitzen, but I, I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, last couple of things, Mark Caboli from The Athletic. Uh, Mark, Rudolph, James Washington, how have guys like that looked? How has Terrell Edmonds looked? How good have they been in OTAs? Terrell Edmonds, Terrell, Terrell Edmonds, you can tell he's a natural athlete. He's fast. He's quick. They were doing kickoff coverage drills today where you know the new rule is you can't have a running start, so they have to sit there in like a three-point stance. How weird is hey, that to watch? Because I haven't, I haven't seen weird. that. They're trying to figure it out. And I was talking to Danny Smith today, trying to figure it out. And it's a big difference. What he was telling me is when you get that five, seven yard head start, guys will then run a 40 yard dash. You know, they get the top speed, but by the time they get to the 35 yard line, you know, a four one, they can get up to that fast speed because they already, because they, you know, time them at that spot. They're here. It's going to be a little bit different. And he really thinks a guy like, you know, with the, Jamoke's name from uh, Kansas City, the good returner. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. He thinks somebody that will leave a lot more space for Tyreek Hill. So they're working through that. But the original question, Edmonds, you could tell how quick he is, how fast he is. I don't know where he fits in right now because I don't think Mike Hilton's giving up the spot. I don't think Sean Davis or Morgan Burnett's giving up the spot. So I'm not quite sure about that. Mason Rudolph. Once again, let's see him in more game action. We'll be able to see him in preseason games where he's at. James Washington slow. James Washington is short. 
and James Washington catches everything that's anywhere near him, especially deep down the field. So I could see a lot of packages for him saying, run deep, and I'm going to heave it up to you and go get it. Even though you're short, even though you're slow, you do come down with it. And it's absolutely true because that's what he's been able to do. And he's he's just, he's, what, what does Tomlin call it? You can get those combat catches. That's what he does. Mark, appreciate the time, man. Good luck with Peppa Pig. Good luck with your burner accounts. Uh, you know what you're talking about. You're just playing coy with us. I got 16 of them, Crowley. 16. Is there any doubt in your mind that DK's got a thousand? Um, I'm guessing it's. I'm guessing it's at least one. That's the one that keeps. Never mind. <laughs> nah, you know, you know, you know who has a burner account? I think I, I always thought Stan Savard would have one. He always, te- he always tweets that Stan the show, love the show. I bet you he has one, too. I'm thinking Stan Saverin would be one of those under-the-radar burner account guys. Yeah, no? Stan Stan doesn't know how to work his own Twitter account, so it's not... Uh, I, I, I didn't think... Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. Mark, appreciate it, buddy. Be good. Right, Goodbye, Mark's kids. I can confirm Stan doesn't have a uh, burner account, because if he did, I would have had to make it. Two things about Stan. Number one, he's being honored by the Pirates, probably as we speak. Guy Junker introduced him. It is the Pirates Media Wall of Fame. So congratulations to Stan. We love you, Stan. Stan's a great guy. Well deserved. He's been a role model for me for a long time. He's a tremendous human being, and he's been around forever doing a great job. We throw a lot of jokes around, and we rib people around the office all the time. But seriously, I've never worked with more of a class act than Stan Saverin. Dude, guy is just gold all the way around. Absolute class. Tom, you have anything to add? That was you choking. Yeah, you weren't listening at all, were you? No, I wasn't. I was cutting it out. Okay, very good. We'll get to that in a second. The second thing I had to say is, yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? Oh, Stan? Oh, I love Stan. The godfather of Pittsburgh sports, as they call him. I mean, that guy just knows his stuff when it comes to basketball, football, baseball, hockey, all across the board. There's no one better in the Pittsburgh media landscape. Actually, in the national media landscape in sports, there's no one better than Stan Savard. Stan, congrats. Thanks, man. Dead on. I mean, I, I think I try pretty hard to be up there. Uh, you know what? It's not about me right now. It's not hey, about you, me. You relax a little I'm sorry. bit. You wait, like, you wait another 40 years, and when you've been in this business as long as he has, then you can take those kind of credits. I ain't living another 40 years. The second thing about Stan, and this one is very funny, is that if you scroll back through his Twitter history, he sends a lot of DMs publicly. He will think he's sending someone a DM, and he'll just send a tweet. And I love it. That's cool, though. He wears it all on his sleeve. He does. Peter Gammons is the same thing. Love Stan. Love the show. Coming up next, the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. And during that Mark Caboli interview, I choked on myself, and it sounded like this. Not the spot. I don't know. Nah, you couldn't really hear it there. It sounded more like this. It's a Crowley show. missed which now my second point is going to be affected by my inability to even clap correctly which was West Virginia's coming in at the seven win total this year in Vegas for the over under and I think it's safe money 
to bet the over there. I think you hammer the over. I got a couple of buddies who are hammering it, baby. Hammering it! But now, I'm a little concerned that if I can't even match up a beat and clap correctly, that I am probably going to be wrong on this, too. How sure about a bet do you have to be to make it? I mean, obviously not that sure, Tom. The more sure you are about the bet, is the worse the bet is going to oh. be. You should only make a bet that makes you feel uncomfortable. Oh! West Virginia's win-loss total this year for the over-under is seven. They won seven last year with Will Greer missing three games. And they had a worse team. But an easier schedule. Could I'm, I could I sidebar I'm for a second? Could I sidebar just for a second? Of course you can. Hey Tom. Yeah, Brian. You notice how like there was a little bit of law where we didn't hear much about West Virginia. There was like maybe a two and a half, three week window. Hockey after, playoffs? After uh after the tournament ended. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're, and, you're right. And now it's slowly creeping back up. More and more. Like, every day, like, there's more and more mentions of West Virginia in, in show meetings. Now it's making it to the air. Yeah. And it's just, like, I, uh, I think at some point, at some point, it's just going to be, he's going to try to push topics of West Virginia through us every show meeting. Yeah, I don't know how many more articles he can find that tell us how Will Greer is the greatest quarterback to ever walk the earth. But apparently there's... An endless amount of them out there. Well, yeah, it's just an observation. Just well, an observation. And, that, and that's where I screwed up because I was asking for everybody's favorite NFL, college player, MLB player earlier on in the show. And for college player, I got to go with Will Greer. And for NFL player, I've got to go with Will Greer because he's going to be an <laughs> NFL star. That's where I screwed everything up. But this isn't necessarily about West Virginia as much as it's about should I bet on West Virginia? Uh, which is about West Virginia. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. I'm just, I'm just, I'm asking the public to help me with my gambling here. Uh, I don't gamble much, but I've got friends who are each dropping 250 bucks on this big boy here, mm. and I'm thinking I might go double that. I'm thinking I might go 500. It's so sketchy, and, and you know I'm not a fan of West Virginia, but that for that win total to be low with such a talented team, I would think it would have been nine, maybe eight and a half to open up, but seven with a team that's returning the best quarterback to ever walk the earth. I'm going to bet $1,000 on this. Right, let oh. me give you just a little friendly advice. Friend <laughs> to friend, buddy. Not about the show, not about anything else. You get severely depressed anyway if West Virginia loses. 1500 I'm doing. It hits you right in the soul. Now imagine not only them losing, but you also losing that money. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet my mortgage on it, oh, I think. Dude, come on. Come on. Like, we'll, have to, we'll have to lock you in a room. If that happens, you will be beside yourself if not only did West Virginia lose, but you also lose $1,500. What can I sell my wife for? See, this is where it just rolls off the tracks. Now you're trying to sell your wife. This is why I don't want you to bet, man. Just friend to friend. Friend to friend. I think you got enough stake in West Virginia without throwing the money down. But hey, it's your money. Do what you want. Yeah, I had to get rid of the car. It's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by Jerome. Gerald Hawkins goes down. Jake McGee goes down. Le'Veon Bell? Nowhere to be found. And it makes sense. Ben Roethlisberger, nowhere to be found. And I get it. Antonio Brown, not there. I understand. What is OTA's for the established veterans. It's optional. Yes, they have a new offensive coordinator, but the playbook's the same. What do they have to gain by being there? 
If I'm Ben, I'm never going again for the rest of my life. I'm not going. I mean, it helps to lead. You'd like to meet the new players. But I'm not risking injury whenever I've got one season, two seasons, maybe three seasons left. I'm not risking blowing out my knee on a practice field where there's no contact whenever I've got a finite amount of time to play left. If I'm Le'Veon Bell and not under contract, I'm never sure as bleep going. And Antonio Brown, you don't want to have Josh Dobbs throwing behind you and then you blow out your knee because you're reaching backwards to catch a pass. So I get why none of them are there. That being said, come on, Antonio. He called out Le'Veon Bell and said, every day you're not here, you're not getting better. Every day you are here, you are getting better. And then he leaves. What the hell's that about? That would have been like if Joe Madden said that the slide was clean for Anthony Rizzo and then lost his mind on the slide by Musgrove. That didn't happen. Antonio Brown totally contradicted himself. You got to be here to get better. Now I'm not going to be there. Well, I guess AB's throwing in the towel. I guess AB's saying he's not going to get better. Not a huge deal. It's not the reason why they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. That'll be the defense if they don't win the Super Bowl. It's not that huge of a problem. That all being said, hypocritical. And now it makes me wonder if Antonio Brown knew it was coming out of his mouth in the first place. I lauded him. I bowed down to him. I said, good job, A.B. You are the leader that Ben Roethlisberger is not right now, and now he's gone. Again, not a huge deal. I'm nitpicking. But don't say be there, and then you're not there. Because now you're a square. The Steelers over-under on ESPN.com, they're playing the over-under game, is 10 wins. Tom, do I hammer the over there? I think they're going to land on 10 exactly, so you'll probably push it. So hammer the over, why not? I never mind the push. Oh, the push is as good as a win. The push is as good as a win because you ain't losing anything. And you get all your money back, baby. I don't think there's a way the Steelers lose less Win less than 10 games. Ben Roethlisberger would have to get hurt, and even then, I think with the weapons they have offensively, they could still be all right. Ben was hurt a couple of years ago, and they didn't reach that mark, but when he's healthy, they are pretty much a lock, other than those two eight and 8 seasons, to get to that plateau. I think they'll be okay. I think they're going to go over 10. The Eagles was at 9.9 for ESPN.com, which is stupid, 9.9. Which to me means you hammer that. If the Eagles are getting, you get your, you get more money whenever you get to ten. If they're giving you nine point nine, I'm doing that. That's at least a ten win team. And if they're only a ten wins, then you make money. You're not just pushing. Those are the two ones that stuck out to me. Everyone else is sitting around nine, nine and a half. The Patriots were at eleven. I'd hammer that over too. They always win more than 11 games. Always. They treat their first month like preseason, and they win more than 11 games every freaking year. Wind up with home field advantage every freaking year. And even if they don't wind up with that, they're going to wind up with 10 wins. That is the unsponsored football segment. Filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by Jerome. Really thinking about taking out a second mortgage. Just fair warning, man. I think I can make a lot of money on this bet. I'm just trying to keep you straight, dude. You guys excited for the NBA Finals tonight? Yes. I can't wait. I'm excited for tonight. 
I'm excited now more about the series than I would have been had we not made the bet. And the bet that we made was that if this series goes seven games, since I am so positive that it's not going to, I will have to eat horse manure. Horsey poop. Not if the Cavs win the series. Not if the Cavs win in seven. But if the series goes seven games at all, I have to eat a little horse poop patty. Which is like a nice little early present in the series, because by game six, we will we should know if it goes that far. I think this is the perfect thing to do. To drum up attention for the NBA in this town. My buddy Wes, he lives in Philadelphia. He's been on the show. Wes Euler, he works for... Uh, works in Philadelphia and radio. He said that this town's not a great NBA town. He's 100% right about that. But I think we can make Pittsburgh a great NBA town for this series if instead of rooting for LeBron James to win it, instead of rooting for anybody to win it, you just have to root for the series to go longer. You just have to root for the series to get to seven. That's all that matters. Get to seven, and I will eat horse poop right here on the air, on the show. I'm down for it, baby. That being said, it's not going to happen. I told you it's going to happen. I always know. It'll happen now. I mean, it wasn't going to happen before, but by the way things go, like especially on this show, if a challenge is laid down like this, it usually pays off. Poor Tom had to eat wasabi because we were like, hey, you know, if you're late for a show meeting, you're going to have to do something bad. And the last person we thought that would be late for a show meeting was Tom, and Tom was late. I had to get my belly button pierced. Yeah, well, none of us thought that would happen. I mean, the... That six pack. actually have six pack yeah, <laughs> in <true>. a month. <laughs> I had to get my stomach waxed. I don't even remember what that was for. You, lo- you lost your fantasy league. Fantasy league, yeah. Oh shoot, I lost my fantasy league. Some leg in that too. Not just the I think you oh, got that was the leg. that was the spinny wheel of doom. Oh, that was another that's right. That was a whole nother time. Yeah, the year of excellence 1.0. We are now currently on year of excellence 2.0. So that being said, we will pay off our debts. We're like Lannisters here on the Crowley show. We will do what we say that we're going to do. And if this series goes seven games, I will eat horse poop. That is how confident that I am that I know what's going to happen. And the reason that I bring it up is because I just don't think the NBA playoffs have been all that exciting this year. I've said all along it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland. I'm not alone in thinking that, but the national media will tell you, oh, it might be Boston. They might get him. Oh, it might be Houston. They built their own super team. That's never going to happen. And it's never going to happen that Cleveland beats Golden State, and it's not going to happen that it's a competitive series. I feel confident enough to bet that my wife will never kiss me again because she ain't kissing that mouth if that mouth is chewing on horse poo-poo. Have you told her about this? Yeah, she was not happy. What did like Take me through that. So you're like, go home, you're hanging out, there she is, and you're like, hey, honey, guess what we did on the show today? Um, we came up with this thing where I'm going to eat horse poop if it goes to Game 7 in the NBA Finals. And the look she gave you was... It actually started like this. Okay. Hey, babe, this is my wife. You mind taking out the trash? Yeah, I got no problem with that. I'll take out the trash. I take out the trash all the time. I'm a big, brawny, strong man. I'm amazing. Come back in. Hey, babe, you mind rubbing my feet? No, not at all. You had a long day. I rub your feet. Hey, maybe I'll even rub your back. Do you want me to make coffee for the morning? How about your lunch? I'll take care of all of that. Wow. Everything will be great for you tomorrow. You don't have to think about anything. Autopilot will be at work. In fact, why don't I fill up your gas tank? <laughs> eh, why not? Oh, by the way, Leanna. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the NBA Finals. The last four years, same thing. If it goes to seven games, I got another challenge. Oh, what do you got to do? Are you shaving yourself again? No, no big deal. Shaving your head. 
Nah, waxing your butt. Nah. It's no big deal. No problem at all. I'm going to go hang out at Josh's. By the way, I have to eat horse poop if it goes seven games. She threw a book at me. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't divorce papers. Not yet. <laughs> After I ate the poop, though, it's over. That poor girl. She'll be fine. She used to put up with this nonsense all the time. That's fair. <laughs> but I felt this was a safe one because it ain't going seven. Coming up next, Musgrove. Dude's got balls. Pirates don't. He does. It's